One man, one mission. To equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and to awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit, David Cuppet brings you to the School of the Holy Spirit from his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right, so um, this is kind of a perfect lead-in. I want to talk tonight about uh, purpose. Um, You know, I made a statement last week, um, had some people say some things to me uh, about it, um, but here's the deal. If you're not in purpose, you're in perversion. And uh, that kind of sits, that kind of rests in your heart um, with the revelation that ultimately the call is upon you. And until you actually find the destiny that's locked in your heart and recognize that what the world limited you as, confined you as, imprisoned you as, said you'd never measure up, said you'd never achieve, attain, whatever, whatever they said doesn't matter. It's what the Lord says. And what the Lord says is what unlocks the real you that's in you. Um, and so purpose is part, it's actually the, it's actually the fulfillment of, you know, an altar call, okay? A lot, of, a lot of churches, a lot of organizations, they stop the whole Jesus thing as, okay, just come to the altar, say you believe in Jesus, and just come to church on Sundays. And that's really not what it's about. It's actually about a relationship. It's about you knowing that Christ in you, the hope of glory, has this amazing call that's upon your life. And whenever you are connected to the one who speaks, he takes you down this pathway that you could never get to on your own. It has to be discovered. It's, it's the essence of a relationship, right? And so the centerpiece of your calling is actually hearing and following and not just going through conditions, motions, and routines. Amen? And so turn to your neighbor, look him in the eye, and say, hey, if you're not in purpose, you're in perversion. Find his voice, and he'll awaken you to who you are in Christ. Amen? All right. So you still love me, right? All right. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes the Lord's got to punch you in the nose to wake you up. But, you know, religion can, can drape you with limitation and routine and falling into the mundane, the normal. And the, the reality is the most amazing supernatural thing you ever do is follow Christ. He is, he's the God of the impossible, right? That's how he was birthed. The angel came and, and spoke to Mary, said, Basically, do not fear, for with God all things are possible, right? It's not about what the world says and what you can't do according to your natural ability of a woman. I'm going to speak to you, and you are going to birth the king of the world. Amen? And that's the essence. That's a picture of prophecy. That's a picture of hearing the voice of God, right? I've, I've told the story of the Lord coming to me in a dream, multiple dreams, and the next thing you know, I'm standing in front of thousands of people in India. That's impossible for a natural man to achieve or perceive, but through God, all things are possible. So 
Purpose is about the voice. Purpose is about hearing the voice of God and following Him into the unknown. And He will always take you to do something that's not possible, right? It's not possible to, by natural means, but in the midst of the impossibility, He actually speaks. And what happens when He speaks? Right? At, all, at the beginning of the book, at the beginning, the darkness could not stop the light. When the light comes, when the voice of God goes into the darkness, the darkness, it says the darkness can't resist it. It can't stop it. It can't put up a hand. It can't tackle it. It can't do anything to it. The light pushes back the darkness. That's the voice. Right? So the power of heaven is connected to a heart who says, you know what? I'm going to give my all to chase after the voice to chase after the one who has a purpose and a call upon my life, and I'm going to follow him no matter what. Amen? All right, so that gets me. I want to talk about a dream um, that uh, in the midst of the Lord awakening me to go to India and uh, some, some different places that he sent me. He gave me this dream, and this dream is a great um, teaching around the purpose and the call of Christ, Okay? So let's, let, let's do this one more time. If you're not in purpose, you're in perversion. You've got to find your purpose. All right, so um, in this dream, I'm standing in this, in this certain place in heaven that the Lord always takes me to, and I'm standing there. Jesus is in front of me, and there's three angels that are surrounding me, and there's a door. And this door has the word, it says true redemption, okay? Jesus takes out this key, and on this key, it has the word adoption, okay? And suddenly these angels, they have names on them. One, the first angel's name is wisdom. The, the second angel's name um, is redemption. And the third angel's name is the reaper, Okay, the reaper is the angel. Remember about a month ago when I had the visitation and I told you the Lord said there's going to be an angel in here tonight and the gold dust appeared on, on, the, on the person and then it appeared on about 20 people in here. That was the result of an angel, okay? That wasn't something I made up. That was heaven invading earth, okay? And so that angel is an angel that the Lord has introduced me to and, and when I go places and different things, you know, the Lord literally sends an angel, okay? And so I don't want you to think of this dream as, oh, that's just Dave talking about something that is far out and way beyond my ability and reach. There's a call for you to all work with angels, and we'll get to that here in a minute, okay? But here's the deal. So in this dream, Jesus, Jesus I'm standing by the door. It says, true redemption, Jesus hands me a key. It says adoption. And <clears throat> wisdom, wisdom, the reaper, and the, and the angel named redemption are standing there. The angel named redemption has a weapon. It's, it's the blood of Jesus. He has a bucket, and on the bucket it says the blood of Jesus, okay? The reaper um, has a sickle. It's, it's a, like a huge harvesting sickle, okay? And, and the, the, the uh, angel named Wisdom, is, 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 he's uh, literally transparent, okay? He's in, he's, it's almost like he's in two places at once. You can see his silhouette, but he's in the spirit and he's in the natural, okay? And so 
Wisdom takes the key out of my hand, the key of adoption, puts it in the door of true redemption, and he opens the door. And when you open the door, you can look in the door, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is hell. I'm looking into hell. I can see there's a seven-headed dragon, um, and there's some other things um, in through this door. And all of a sudden, Jesus huddles us up, and he starts giving us strategy about why we're being sent into this place, Okay. All of a sudden, wisdom organizes us, and we all, we, we kind of walk in, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, can this dragon, like, see us? What's going to happen to us? And when we get in there, I realize that because wisdom is with us, it's almost like we're invisible. We can go into a place in an invisible manner, and this dragon can't, it literally can't see us, okay? And so, we walk in through, uh, past this dragon, and we get to this place where um, it looks like a prison. There's prison cells, okay? And the prison cells are guarded by a spirit. It has the, it has the word on it. It's called orphan. So the, 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 what guards the prison is the orphan spirit, okay? And as we're, we're looking in the jail cells, I see there's people, just like you and me, there's people in cell after cell after cell, and they have names written on them. Hindu, Muslim, Jew. I mean, you can go through the thing, and then you get to a, to a jail cell, and there's people in the jail cell that you wouldn't believe or shouldn't, wouldn't think that are, shouldn't be in the jail cell, okay? Okay? I'm looking at these people, and I'm like, okay, I can understand the Muslim in the jail cell, I can understand the Buddhist in the jail cell, but then you get inside the jail cell and it says Lutheran, Methodist, Catholic, right? And all the denominations have representatives in these jail cells. And I'm looking there, and all of a sudden wisdom says, all right, this is what we're going to do. He says, redemption, you're going to take the blood. You're going to throw the blood through the, through, through the bars on the people, Okay? And then he looks at me and he says, David, you're going to prophesy and the door on that prison cell is going to be open. And when the door on the prison cell is open, Reaper, you're going in there with that sickle and you are going to annihilate every demon that's inside that prison cell that's ravaging the people. Okay? And oh, by the way, you're also going to take off the head of the guard called Orphan. Okay? And so all of a sudden, wisdom says go, and, the, and the, the, the angel named Redemption throws the blood in, and you can see the demonic power is literally like separating off of the people. I start to prophesy, and the door on the, on the cage, um, the door on the prison opens up, and when it opens up, the reaper goes in and literally starts to annihilate every demonic power. And at this point, wisdom starts to organize all the people together. And it's almost like this special forces op. You get in a picture that you're part of a special forces op? Wisdom starts organizing all the people out of the jail cell and takes them through the door that Jesus opened up for us into the arms of Christ, right? And so the punchline with this, guys, is it's not just the answer to an altar call, say, yes, I believe. It's actually into the arms of Christ in a relationship, able to look at Him face to face, eye to eye. And as you are awakened in your giftings and callings, these special op types of missions 
are the reality of what it truly means to be a believer, right? It's impossible for you to do alone. You actually need the angels of the Lord. You need the calling of Christ. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to go in and do these things. And you go, well, how does this apply to us? I don't know. Are there Lutherans down the street? Are there Baptists down the street? Maybe you were a Methodist. Maybe you're still sitting in a pew like you did 10 years ago as a Methodist wondering why you're not in purpose. Sounds like crickets in here. Is anybody with me? Are you getting a picture? If you're not in purpose, you're in what? You're in perversion. So here's the deal, guys. The goal, let's just review this again. Jesus puts a key in your hand. It's called adoption because the goal at the end of the day is adoption. Adoption, when you, are, when you enter the revelation and the relationship in your, your prayer life, that you are hearing the voice of the Lord, that you are, you're following the Lord at, down the path that He has for you, He puts a key in your hand is just, and you get this revelation that just as I've adopted you, I'm sending you out to adopt them. Because only the key of adoption can open true redemption. Okay? He, did, he, just, he didn't just say redemption on the door. He said true redemption. True redemption is only opened by adoption. The key of adoption opens true redemption. People go into the dark place, okay? And the intent is that no matter why they're in the, the prison they're in, that you are awakened in the gifts of the Spirit to speak to these prison doors because there's an army that follows you and the Lord is calling you to open the prison doors. Isn't that one of the mission statements of Jesus? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to heal the brokenhearted, bring sight to the blind, set the captive free, open the prison door, right? Okay, so <clears throat> let's, just, let's just talk about this for a second. Um, you guys ever hear the scripture Jesus talks about, you know, if you sin against me, um, the sin will be forgiven, but if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you, it will not be forgiven. You know what the word blaspheme means? It actually means to not be connected to, to not to misrepresent a relationship with, with Christ. Jesus actually sent the Holy Spirit so you could be one with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that the Spirit of truth would come. He would lead you into all truth, meaning He will reveal to you. He'll talk to you. He'll speak to you, right? And th through this relationship then you are awakened to the spirit of truth taking you into supernatural encounters with the Lord, okay? How many of you guys have dreams like this? Okay, so here's the deal. You need to have dreams like this, okay? And let me, let me rephrase it. Part of the package that the Lord has for you in adoption is to have supernatural dreams and visions where He speaks to you, you hear His voice, and it all gets pieced together, right? He is the architect. He's the ultimate builder, right? He is the one who awakens you to who you really are in Christ, okay? Did He not, did he not say, I'll pour out My Spirit upon all flesh. You will dream dreams. You will have the vision of the Lord, right? That's the goal, Jesus said, stay in this city. Don't leave this city to the disciples, to the 120 believers in the upper room. Don't leave this city. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came, it says they prayed in tongues and prophesied. That was the, that was the fulfillment of the promise that dreams and visions and relationship, heavenly encounters, calling people to go to crazy nations, to do supernatural things, packing people up to send them to different places. 
That's what he does. That's the relationship, right? So this isn't about a, a revelation of condemnation. This is actually, of, if, if you are like, oh my gosh, I don't hear the Lord like that. Well, listen, we need to get you there, right? We need to get you there. But the point is, it's in, it's in the essence of the relationship, in the, in the embrace of adoption, that true redemption, the gift of Christ, the blood that was poured out for you, that you fully embrace the gift, right? There's a lot of people that make trips to the altar, but there's very few that embrace the fullness of adoption. And adoption is about the revelation that you are in a relationship with a God who loves you. He's not angry at you. He's not condemning you. He didn't just say, come and sit in a pew and meet these 25 conditions and you're going to, you know, if you meet these 25 conditions, you're going to get there. No, actually the conditions... Jesus, took a, Jesus did away with all those conditions because the blood of Jesus was poured out and washed and fulfilled what man could not fulfill himself. And so if you believe in Jesus and he took away every confinement, every limitation, every prison cell, then the only thing that delivers you is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that functions in your life and you hear him, you follow, right? So in, the, in that, the essence of the blood has gone through the prison door. It's washed you, started to separate you from demonic powers. The prison door is open. You start being com coming out of the prison door because the reaper angel, right? Does it, doesn't Jesus say, um, I think it's in the book of Luke, he says, he says the reaper angels would come in the harvest time to separate the wheat from the chaff, Right? So our separation from the demonic limitations and the lack of vision and relationship with the Lord is a function of, of, the, of the reaper angel. It's a function of being separated from what blinds you in the spirit, okay? Do you think that demons are just, they're going to dance around you and say, oh, well, they're not bothering me. I'm not going to bother them. No. The intent of the prince of the power of the air is to keep you spiritually deaf, dumb, and blind. He's not worried about how many conditions in the book you meet. What he is worried about is somebody who's awakened to hear the voice of the Lord. Because a person who hears the voice of the Lord is a dangerous weapon. Right? Amen? So, the goal, like I said, is redemption. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's adoption. And this orphan spirit needs to be killed if, you're be, if, you are in a, if you feel like you're in a prison cell and the voice of the Lord is not for you, we gotta, we gotta come after that orphan spirit. We gotta, we gotta fire up that reaper angel. We gotta fire up that redemption angel. The blood of Jesus has to be poured out upon you. You have to actually receive it. You can't work for it. You receive it, and that blood starts to wash you, right? And somebody begins to prophesy over you, and the the door that that has limited you is opened, and all of a sudden this reaper angel comes and does his thing and drives that demonic power from you. And wisdom or organizes things and brings you into the arms of Christ. And no longer are you in a prison of limitation and not, unable to hear him, unable to have dreams and visions, but you dwell in the secret place. You dwell in the heavenly place in the spirit. That's your prayer life, right? That's a picture of your prayer life. It's not like you have to get up in the morning and, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't even, I don't even, I don't haven't even prayed for five years, right? It's actually the, pre, the, the, uh, the, the call of Christ is to dwell in the spirit, to dwell in the realm where you and Christ are together face to face and you hear him. That's why he poured out his spirit. Amen.
So it's not a doctrine that saves you. It's the voice of the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost, right? Tell your neighbor, it's not the doctrine. It's the Holy Ghost. You can't earn your way to heaven. <laughs> you see, doctrinal, there's a war. Sometimes you guys might, you might uh, recognize this war, but there's usually a war in every church. No matter what church you go into, there's this balancing act. How much Holy Spirit, how much doctrinal requirements, right? And we, we, we went through this, those of you who've been with me for the last you know, few months, we've been talking about, is the dove fully out of the cage? Or is the dove presented in a cage, chained and unable to fly freely inside the church? Okay? There's only one thing. There's only one thing that, that brings the awakening of the people. And that is, that is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So, doctrinal dependence will always be at war with the freedom of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's in the freedom of the Holy Spirit that the people are embracing to get the true gift, the fullness of the blood, the fullness of being brought out of prison, the fullness of being able to hear Him in a relationship. It's a free gift. There's no condemnation. It's not like you have to check 28 boxes, meet the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, do everything that the disciples did, and then maybe, and on top of that, carry your pastor's Bible for six years. You got to have your armor bearer. Some churches have their armor bearer, right? Come on, I know I'm stepping on some some, uh, sacred cows, but (laughs) until the sacred cows die, you won't have the revelation that it's simply about you and the Holy Ghost, right? A people that come together with the simplicity that it's you and the Holy Ghost, and one person with the Holy Ghost has angels with them that makes them what? An army, Right? You're not alone. You are not alone if you are with the Holy Spirit. There are angels assigned to you. Anybody ever meet their angel? Say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit, Spirit, come to me in dreams dreams and visions. visions. Introduce me me to my angel angel. and the army of angels angels that are assigned to me that will allow me me to fulfill my calling. To raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out devils, baptize thousands in the power of the Holy Ghost. Because I was born to prophesy. I was born to open prison doors, to set the captive free, to heal the brokenhearted. I was born to awaken the dead. I will fulfill my call. Holy Ghost, I put a demand on you. I want to meet the angels that are assigned to me. Amen. So, you know, a lot of you may say, you know, especially some of you guys that have never been in an atmosphere that's been free in the Holy Spirit that expects you to, you know, like the kids, uh, you know, the young people jumped up and they said, I had vision of this, I had a vision of that, I had a vision. That's, that is the freedom, that's the flow of the Holy Spirit. They're hearing what the voice of the Holy Spirit is saying, okay? And so, um, you know, there's a lot of denominations that say he doesn't speak anymore. 
right? Those giftings died with the original um, 11 apostles, which is actually a lie in and of itself because there were actually 120 in the upper room who all got baptized in the Holy Ghost. It says they all prayed in tongues and prophesied, okay? Paul himself, years later, decades later, gets, you know, on the road to Damascus, awakened by the power of the Holy Spirit. He wasn't even in the upper room. He actually prosecuted those in the upper room, right? He hunted Christians down and killed them. And so decades later, he gets awakened in the Holy Ghost and he goes around the world laying hands on people, right? Ephesus, he lays hands on on people who hadn't been baptized in the Holy Ghost and, and revival breaks out in Ephesus. Story after story, okay? So those lies that the gifts of the Holy Spirit died are, are exactly that. Those are doctrinal lies. And if you find yourself in a teeter-totter match with, well, I don't know, they don't really believe in the Holy Spirit, but they kind of do, but I never see it really work. I never see it really happen. And oh, by the way, maybe I don't have a prayer life. You know, Maybe you ought to think about, am I really chasing the Holy Ghost? Maybe the better question is, am I in a prison? Huh? Come on, man. Am I in a prison? It's one of the most revelatory questions you can ever ask yourself or ask the Holy Ghost. Because when you start getting real with the Holy Ghost, He will speak to you. Holy Ghost, where am I? Right? Adam thought, Adam, when he ate, when he, uh, ate the apple... Right? The Lord comes back to him and says, the Lord can't find him. The, the Lord and Adam are walking one and one in the Spirit, and all of a sudden, Adam is no longer in the Spirit. He's in the natural. He's hiding himself in fig leaves. There's a lot of people in the church hiding in fig leaves. They don't know who they are, so they identify themselves. And the Lord's coming to talk to you and saying, where are you? Hey, Adam, where are you? Who said you were naked? Who said you were naked? The world says you are naked. The world says you can't. The world says you'll never measure up. The world says you will always be a joke. The world says all these lies to you, right? Those are prisons. And so when you, get to, when you start being awakened in the Holy Ghost and it's like, oh my gosh, if the Lord told me this thing and I have this revelation that that was a lie... And then he leads me into a next revelation, then a next revelation. No longer are you then committed to the doctrinal dependence. You're committed to, it was the Holy Ghost. It was the Holy Ghost that led me out of prison. It was the Holy Ghost that came to me and spoke to me. It was the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. One of the first times I was in Arkansas, probably three or four years ago, I was in this church and um, I started to prophesy over people. Went to the back of the church. And when I go to Arkansas, this guy, he always, he's like, there's like 300 people in one church. Then there's, you know, there's another like four, four or 500 people in the other church. And he's like, I'm bringing you in on Friday. And by the end of the night, Sunday, no matter how long it takes, I want you to prophesy over all the people. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like six hours this night. You know, it's like 20 hours of prophecy. I'm so worn out at the end of that, at the end of the weekend, but I love it. I love what I love to do it. But anyway, on the first night, I'll never forget it. I walk in, I start to prophesy. There's a girl, she's probably about 25 years old. She's sitting in the back. And um, I'm not going to go into the whole vision, but I essentially started to speak to her um, through a word of knowledge. And she goes, I don't believe in this stuff. I'm a Baptist. <laughs> And I went, oh, you know what? I'm, 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 I can handle Baptists. I'm anointed to open the prison door that Baptists hide behind. 
can I help you? Can I pray for you? For you? She goes, okay. She, so I start to pray for her. I lay my hand on her. Five minutes later, she starts to Oh, mama, what's this? <laughs> she falls down. She gets back up. She's baptized in the Holy Ghost, and she can't stop praying in tongues. Tongues just flies out of her mouth, and she's, Allah, And the Lord gave me a word of knowledge about her having a, a um, I've, everybody is born to prophesy, okay? Everybody can flow in words of knowledge. I've trained a lot of people to do it, but there's certain people that the Lord anoints to do some unique things prophetically, okay? And I had this word of knowledge about her. And so what I did is I brought her up. And I mean, I have, you know, 50 people lined up. She stood beside me. And all night long, as I prophesied over a person, then she would get a vision and prophesy. i go to the next one. And at the end of the night, the woman who called herself a Baptist was no longer calling herself a Baptist. She was the one called to baptize people in the Holy Ghost. Amen. She was no longer limited by a doctrine that said the Holy Ghost doesn't exist. She was no longer bound in a place of darkness being, you know, doctrines eat you alive. People think it's just demons that torment people, but it's the doctrine. False doctrines come from who? They come from demons. Okay, so if you're actually trained that the Holy Ghost doesn't exist, or if you're actually trained that... I am made holy by how much money I put in the offering plate, or I am made holy by how awesome I carry my pastor's Bible, or however, however you are trained inside of an organization um, to meet its requirements, those actually become prisons. Those actually become a false representation of the simplicity that Jesus poured out His Holy Spirit. Amen? So, you get the picture. It's as simple as the Holy Ghost. Amen? And so, let's just get back to this uh, special ops team thing. You guys all know that you're, you are a, a member of a special ops team. Right? You know that? You may, you may not have met your angel yet. You may not have met the Holy Spirit in a supernatural way that awakens your gift package. But I'm telling you right now, you guys are a member of a special ops unit. A supernatural special ops unit. There's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 7. Are they not all ministering spirits sent to make his ministers flames? Right? Did Jesus not say that he would baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire? Right? And when you, 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 you know when he baptizes you in the Holy Ghost and fire? Right? It says, that the, it says that the angels follow the words, the prophetic words. Okay, so when I prophesy over somebody, when you guys prophesy over somebody, do you think it's just you? No, there are angels carrying your words and imparting heaven, imparting the image, right, of heaven upon a person. Do you know that every time you hear the voice of the Lord, or if you receive a true prophecy from the Lord, that you are being re-imaged? right? You are born into a place of limitation. You're born into um, a world that says you can't, you'll never, own, you'll never achieve. You have to work harder for, for everything. And then you have the Holy Spirit that all he wants you to do is sit in your prayer life and listen to him. And every time he speaks to you, every dream he gives you, it literally re-images you. It defines who you really are in Christ. Amen. And so the prayer life becomes the centerpiece of the relationship, right? Because the picture of, of the relationship is, hey, wisdom says, I'm going to take the key of adoption. We're going to open the door of true redemption. Reaper, 
and, 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 and uh, angel of redemption were going into the prison, right? You throw the blood. See, when you, when you get awakened in the power of the Holy Ghost and you hear the Lord, you have to go and say, oh my gosh, Jimmy, Paul, and James, my best friends, those guys are in the same prison that I used to be in when I couldn't hear God. Amen? And adopt the adoption package, the true redemption of the Lord is I have to go open their prison cell. Right? So do you have a mission? Yeah. yeah. Do you have a mission? Yeah. All right. So every person in here has a mission. It's not to take up space in a chair. Amen? Yeah. It's not to sit and make this room look pretty with your pretty little faces. Amen? There's a purpose in your life, and it's connected, right, to the supernatural. And so, you know, you know just, just, to, just to reemphasize this angel thing, you know, a couple weeks ago when that angel came and the gold dust appeared on people, people were like, oh, oh my gosh. Every time I go over to the cruise house, all the kids are like, hey, can you help us find the angel? I'm like, yeah, man, let's go find that angel. Amen. How many of you guys have been playing find the angel? You, you may think that, you know, well, that's a, that's a kid's game. Why did he do that to us that night? You know, that, that was one of the most prophetic things we've done. Find the angel. Just close your eyes and say, Holy Ghost, lead me to find my angel. Lead me to find the angel in the room. To do your will. To do the work of Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the first times I started working with this reaper angel, um, in 2000, January 2017, the Lord came to me and he started talking to me that this next mission was going to be all about people being baptized in the Holy Ghost, okay? Um, and so the Lord said this reaper angel would, would come, I would be able to see him, and uh, lo and behold, um, I show up at this one church in uh, Chennai, India, and um, I walk in and, uh, you know, they're singing, I get in the pulpit. As soon as I get in the pulpit, there's a woman in the back. She starts to scream, ah, ah. And, and I'm, I'm looking, you know, and I'm like, okay, deliverance right off the bat. Do I have to go cast a devil out of somebody? I mean, I don't even speak yet. And so I look up and I see, I see the reaper angel. I see he's in the back standing beside this woman. He has his hand on her back, okay? All of a sudden, the woman, she gets up on her knees and she starts Praying in tongues. Ki alala, so ba ba ba, so mama. Tongue, tongues just flies out of her mouth. Okay? And the pastor, the pastor starts to cry. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm looking over at him and my interpreter, and I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, I'll figure it out. And so he starts talking in Hindi, and um, they, bring the, they bring the woman forward. And, and so the woman comes up. And uh, she says, whenever you walked in here, I started feeling the heat of a hand on my back. Okay? I didn't even get in a pulpit yet. Nothing came out of my mouth. It was, a, it was the work of the angel that the Lord said that would go before me. Okay? And so this woman gets up and she's crying. She starts praying in tongues. And the pastor, the pastor says, I have to speak. So the pastor, my interpreter is interpreting what my pastor is saying to the to the body, but he's speaking to me. And in the process, the pastor says, you don't know this, but we've been praying for the gifts of the Spirit. And nobody in here has ever prayed in tongues. We have been asking the Lord. 
We want the gifts of the Spirit. And this woman is weeping. She's crying. And I, I asked her to pray. And all of a sudden, I said, Pastor, will you begin to pray? I prayed for everybody in the room. The whole, the whole church gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. I never preached, but I saw the angel. Amen? Amen. Okay. So you have a purpose, and it's going to be fulfilled partially, okay, in the, in the equipping of the Lord that he puts these angels and supernatural forces around you, okay? And you say, well, that's unusual. That doesn't really happen to most people. It's all connected to your prayer life. If you, if you press the Lord in, a, in your prayer life, if you press the Lord in your, in, in your praying in the Spirit, the Lord promises he will open up the spirit world. He will open up heaven to you. He will speak to you, right? It's all connected. That's why he gives you the gift of tongues, Okay, so the gift of tongues is, is crucial in your awakening to fulfill your calling. But you, you got to know this, that uh, special ops are a part of your call. Okay, look at your neighbor and say, are you in purpose or are you in perversion? Have you found your angel army yet? No. All right, now let's prophesy. Look at your neighbor and say, in the name of Jesus, I hear the Lord say, I'm going to flood your heart with light. You're going to dream the dream of the Lord. And you're going to see the angels, the ministering spirits, whom the Lord said would make you a flame of fire. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You see, this angel called true redemption is a, is a real thing, okay? The intent of redemption is to kill the orphan spirit. Anybody in here have a problem feeling like they are loved by the Lord? Anybody in here have a problem feeling like they know that they are a son and a daughter of Almighty God? That feeling of not measuring up is a lie. It's caused from an orphan spirit. It's a lie. It, it works with religion. It works with things that are designed to keep you separated from the love of the Father. At the end of the day, you can't work your way to Jesus. All you have to do is receive it. You can't earn it. You can't give enough money. You can't, you can't work hard enough. You can't clean up enough stuff out of the bathroom. You can't do enough work. But you can say, Jesus, I need your Holy Ghost. And when you say, Jesus, I need your Holy Ghost, everything shifts in your life. That's, that's the revelation of the redemption of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? But it's connected with a separation of condemnation and a connection to the love of Christ. Romans 8, chapter, uh, chapter 1 and 2. For, there, uh, for there, therefore now is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, this is a tricky scripture because he uses the word law twice, but it's used in a different context. Okay, the word law, when he says for the law of the spirit of life, it's actually for the law of the oracle, the law of the voice. Okay, for the law of the voice of the spirit has made you free from the law of sin and death. What is the law of sin and death? The law of sin and death is what condemns you. What condemns you? What you can't achieve. What can't you achieve? The Ten Commandments. 
You're a fool if you think you can achieve the Ten Commandments because if you think you can achieve the Ten Commandments, you have no need for Jesus. So the whole purpose of the Bible is to confront the lie that you can earn your way to Christ. You can't achieve the Ten Commandments. There's not a person in here that can achieve the Ten Commandments. You're a liar and a fool if you think you can achieve the Ten Commandments. You have entire, entire denominations that port more glory on the Ten Commandments than they do on trusting Christ. You know why? Because they don't know how to trust Christ. It's self-fulfilled, self-human motivated achievement theology. And those doctrines are what kill people and put them in prisons. And that's why the, the vision that the Lord, the dream the Lord showed me with all these denominations inside the prison is a real thing. There's only one thing. The blood of Jesus was poured out. He went to hell. He took the keys of life and death. He holds all authority, all keys, right? So in his resurrection, he says, I'm going to send you the one thing. I'm going to send you the one thing, the Holy Ghost, the one thing that will resurrect you into who you really are in Christ. Because there's nothing else. There's nothing. The whole world will deceive you with thousands and thousands of things that are way offline. It doesn't matter. Those are all lies. So any church organization, anything that's built on anything other than the Holy Ghost and hearing the Holy Ghost and following the Holy Ghost and chasing the Holy Ghost, loving the Holy Ghost, just doing your whole life around the Holy Ghost, you're missing it. You're missing it. Jesus said, I will make your life simple if you let me. You can actually burn all that stuff. Burn those requirements. Burn those lies. Just listen to my voice. You know, when a person has a dream, they're being ripped out of a prison cell. When a person has a vision, they're being ripped out of a, out of their, of a place of limitation. He's giving you light. He's bringing in you a new thing. Amen? Say, Jesus, thank you for sending me the Spirit of Truth. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for leading me into all truth and doing for me what man cannot do. Not even what your Ten Commandments could not do. Did you hear me? Come on, I'm, I'm on it, man. Did you hear me? The Lord said the Old Covenant could not. For if it could, there would be no need for the Savior. And I said, I send it upon you, the Savior of the world. I am sending you the Savior of the world. And if you center your life around the Savior of the world, you will be like me. You will follow me for I functioned under a different operating system. I confounded the wise Pharisee who knew all the conditions of the Bible. I confounded them. They tried to achieve it. And all I did is said, I only do what I see my father doing in heaven. He speaks to me in dreams. He takes me out in my prayer life and, and leads me. And they were like, oh, he thinks he's the real son of God. He does. He thinks he's the real son of God. Let's crucify him. Come on, man. You suddenly get awakened to the Holy Spirit and the people around you that you thought were your friends, right? That you thought were part of the group. You think you can hear God? You're dang right I can hear God. He's the only thing that saves me, heals me, leads me through life. He's the only thing that delivers me. It's the voice. What are you following? 
Can I get you out of prison? In fact, here, let me prophesy over you. Angel of redemption. Angel of the, the reaper angel. The, the, the wisdom angel. Come on, we're going on a mission. We're going to prophesy. We're going to get this church out of prison. We're going to get that church out of prison. We're going to get all these denominational condition theologies wrecked in the Holy Ghost. Wrecked in the Holy Ghost. You see, guys got me all fired up, man. Woo! I got to come back. Got me, got to come back, man. I got to come back. Woo! Listen, man. Listen. See, you got to know what this reaper angel. Can I just describe this reaper angel to you? The first time I met the reaper angel, the Lord says, the Lord says, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Lord says this. He speaks to me, and he says, I'm going to introduce you to someone who will be with you the rest of your life. And all of a sudden, I see the reaper angel, and he's holding the head of a, I'll describe it as a demonic power. He's holding its head. It's cut off at the neck. He's holding its hair. Its tongue is hanging out. Its eyes are rolling back in his head, and the reaper starts to laugh. He did. He started to laugh. I'm like, oh, my God. Is he against me? And the Lord's no, no, you're, he's with you. And the reaper says, come here, I want to follow, I want to show you something. He, the reaper showed, walked me in to this place in heaven. It was a, it was a place that had shelves. It was a room with shelving. And there was like 20 heads, 20 heads on the shelf. He collected heads. Okay. And he looks at me and he says, by the time you and I are finished, this room is going to be filled with the heads of our enemies. Oh, my God. I come out of that dream. I come up that night. I'm like, chill. Look at this. This is what he showed me. Can you, can you, I, uh, I don't even know what to say right now. I'm so fired up. Listen, when I go to India or when I go into a church, when I go into a place, I'm like, all right, Reaper, whose head are we getting? Huh? Whose head? Whose head are we getting here tonight? You know what? Are we going to get a little um, saved by tithing head? Oh, come on. Is somebody in here saved by your tithing? you put, you got to put your money in the plate or else, you know, you're just not saved. Come on. How about your church attendance? How about that head? Can we get that head? Come on. You're, you're, uh, you're saved by 120% attendance. Come on, 120% attendance, and you are the best Christian you've ever let anybody see in the world. Come on, I know a lot of you lived there. Come on, I know a lot of you lived there. How about submission? If you don't submit to everything said, then you're way out of context. You're, you're never going to measure up. Huh? Come on, can we go get that head tonight? <laughs> Can we go get that head tonight? How about this? How about, the, how about the Holy Spirit is like an optional thing. You don't really need the Holy Spirit. How about that head? Yeah. Amen. That's a lie from the devil. You know why? The devil's afraid of somebody here in the Holy Ghost. One person here in the Holy Ghost has the redemption angel with them, has wisdom with them, has the reaper with them. 
You are a special ops force. If you hear the voice of the Lord, you have the power to open prison doors, set the captive free, heal the brokenhearted. You are the epitome of what Jesus said. Go into the world and preach the gospel. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, you will cast out devils. You will heal the sick, lay hands on people, see them pray in the Holy Ghost. That's you. Look at your neighbor and say, that's you. That's you. That's you. Amen. You see, vengeance is something that is part, it's, it's what the Lord does. He hates evil. A lot of people think, well, everything's good about Jesus. Just turn the other cheek no matter how bad it gets. That's a lie from the devil. That is an absolute lie from the devil. You know what? I, when I see injustice, something infuriates inside of me. When I see injustice happening to kids or to people being deceived and being imprisoned in religious systems that doesn't save them, Something gets infuriated me, and, and you say, well, where's that in the Bible? Well, glad you asked. How about this? Isaiah 61, uh, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Heal the broken heart or bring sight to the blind. We just talked about that. Verse 2, to proclaim the favor of the Lord in the day of vengeance of our God. You know what vengeance is? Killing those evil demonic forces, those lies that keep you from the presence of the Lord. That's part of deliverance. That's part of healing, Right? Jesus said in Isaiah 63, my father's vengeance is in my heart. Vengeance. I am coming after the darkness that keeps those around me in the prison cell. They're more important to me than me looking stupid. Come on. Why would you not prophesy in public? Why would you not pray for somebody in public? Huh? Say this. Say, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Awaken my father's vengeance. In my heart, cause my heart to burn with the purpose of Christ. I want the purpose of Christ. I want to know the simplicity of the gospel so that those around me would be adopted in the power of the Holy Ghost. You see, you got to have the right definition of a preacher. A lot of people think that the guy standing up in a pulpit is the preacher. That's not what Jesus thinks, okay? The right definition of a preacher is actually described in uh, Romans chapter 10. I'm going to read it to you here. Starting with verse, uh, I think this is 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? He's talking about those in, in doctrinal prisons. How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Are you sent? Yes, you're sent. I'll answer that for you. Are you sent? Yeah! All right. (laughs) As it is written, how beautiful are the feet are those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. The word faith is connected to the voice. Okay, who's the audience here? He's talking to the church. He's talking to the false church. He's talking to the false shepherd and the misrepresentation of trying to make it a Jewish synagogue system of achieving impossible rules. It's impossible for a man to achieve that the only way of deliverance and healing and adoption is through Christ, the one, the Savior of the world. 
the one who conquered and was the only one who could achieve all of the conditions of the law. And therefore, he gives you the Holy Spirit that you would follow his voice through life. So it begs the question, what's a preacher? Ask your, ask your neighbor, what's a preacher? Glad you asked. In Galatians 3.8, it says that Abraham was preached the gospel by Christ. Look it up. If you don't believe me, look it up because it'll mess with your head. The Lord says that Abraham was preached the gospel. What happened to Abraham? Abraham Abraham had a visitation of the Lord, the dream of the Lord, the voice of the Lord came to Abraham before there was a law, before there was any organization, before there was anything. It says that the gospel was preached to the man who birthed the whole thing, the one who Paul references in Romans 3 and 4. It says that faithfulness, faith is about following the voice. The simplicity of the voice, not the conditions that can't be achieved by a man. Amen? Amen? Anybody getting liberated tonight? So a preacher, a preacher is one who hears the voice of God, who speaks the living word, speaks the prophetic, speaks the gift, the gift of healing, the gift of faith. The gifts flow out, right? Paul said, pursue love. Desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Why? Because you're called to be a preacher. You're called to prophesy and cause those doors to open. Did that whole prison special ops things, could any of that happen if I chose to not prophesy? Come on, are you with me on this? If I keep my mouth shut and I decide not to pray for a person, I decide not to prophesy over a person sitting in Panera that the Lord is saying, that's, that's the one right there. I, this is the vision for her. How are they going to be set out of their prison cell without a preacher, without somebody who was born to prophesy, who knows that the whole thing falls apart if you choose to sit there silent? The reaper doesn't get to work. The redemption angel doesn't get to work. The wisdom angel, wasted special ops forces. But if you prophesy, but if you chase the Lord and, and zero in on who he's telling you to speak to and bring the word of the Lord to, what happens? Prison door opens. Prison door opens. Church set on fire. You know how many churches I set on fire? Listen, do you know how many churches I set on fire? I've been kicked out of churches Listen, I start to prophesy. I've, I've had, I've had uh, preachers get all squirrely and start to manifest, kick me out of the, kick me out on the street. But that, you know what? That's okay. You know how many churches I've set on fire? Hundreds. I've walked, I've walked into churches in India. The story I told you at the beginning, church after church after church, we want Holy Spirit. We don't even know. Nobody represented. We don't know what He is. And they all, they all go praying in tongues. They all leave praying in tongues. I was in uh, 2018. I think I told you this story. I'm not sure how long ago I told it to you, but it was the, it was the story of this, pre, this, uh, this pastor called me. I go over, and he, he organizes 100 pastors. We show up, and there's 430 pastors there. 430 pastors leave praying in the Holy Ghost. It's absolutely set on fire. And he says... On the way home, the pastor says, we have had many preachers come, but we have not had anybody introduce us to the Holy Ghost. Did you just hear me? 
We have had many preachers come, but we have not had anybody introduce us personally, like tangibly, prophesy to me, and I shake and I cry, right? Overcome, I start to pray in tongues. What is this? We have seen many preachers. Have you seen many preachers? Huh? Have you been introduced? What model are you going to follow? Huh? You're called to introduce this Holy Ghost who comes with redemption, comes with adoption, comes with wisdom, comes with this reaper angel. He comes with all of heaven, right? So back to, back to Abraham. The gospel was preached to Abraham, right? It's as simple as you following the voice. So if you center your life around the voice and you become this special ops force, what's your mission? You get them all baptized in the Holy Ghost that they would hear the Lord and they could, they, they could follow the voice, right? It's not that difficult. But all these false doctrines, all the false doctrines put all of these different manipulations and they're actually prison cells. Anything that hinders you from hearing the Lord and developing a false trust in following a routine, achieving a condition, right? Those are lies. So just to reiterate the importance of prophecy, Paul says this, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.20, do not treat prophecy with contempt, meaning it's not, don't treat it like it's not needed. Prison doors do not get open without the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay? 1 Corinthians 14.1, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you would prophesy. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 14.39, Covet, be zealous of prophecy. Covet it. Say this, say Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. I, covet I covet the gifts of the Spirit, of the Spirit. Especially, especially that I would prophesy. I would prophesy. Awaken, in me Awaken in me a deeper level, a deeper level of, dreams, of dreams, visions, visions and prophecy. prophecy. He goes on to say, do not forbid praying in tongues and do not forbid prophecy, right? The whole church is described as being the centerpiece around what the Lord is saying, right? 1 Corinthians 14, 20, uh, 24, but if all prophesy and an unbeliever and an un, uh, uninformed person comes in, a, pr a person in a prison, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all, and thus the secrets of their heart are revealed, say prison break, they fall down on their face and worship and say, surely God is alive. We have thousands and thousands of people in this city of satin churches all their life that have never heard God, that right now are feeling condemned, feeling like, they, what do I have to do next? Walking away from it. And they're waiting for somebody to open their prison door. They're waiting for you, literally, to prophesy the word of the Lord to them to open their prison door. Amen. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T.org, or fivestonesministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Transfigured, The Call of the Horsemen to Awaken the Church, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.